Hey, Kayla. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I'm very excited today because not only do we have my older sister, Jen, on the podcast, um, but this is the first time that we are doing a reading-ish with someone who has never really talked about human design with either one of us before. So on the last episode, we had Megan's coworker on, and that was fantastic. But you've been shoving human design down his throat for like <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say shoving it down his throat. No. I introduced him to it and we talked about it at work a couple of times. And then I was like, hey, you should totally be on the podcast. And he said yes. So that's how we got Daniel on board. He totally willingly came. I did not force him whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Megan utilized the motor to her throat to her advantage. A um, little bit. And <laughs> I said, you should be on the podcast. You are coming on the podcast and mm-hmm. I will schedule it for you. Ta-da. It's on your calendar. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, this is the first person who has no background in human design. So I'm so excited to kind of like just bring her into the fray because she's someone in my family who I have yet to shove human design down her throat. (laughs) Everybody else has already gotten full workups. (laughs) Hi, I'm Kayla Mason. And I'm Megan Smith. And this is Human Human Design Design in Real Time. I'm the founder and CEO of Kayla Care. And as an intuitive human design coach, I use human design to help you get to the root of what's holding you back from living the life you actually want to be living. Human design is a map of your energetic DNA that uses a combination of ancient systems and modern science to help you understand how your energy shows up in the world. On this podcast, we'll be talking with people from all walks of life about how their human design affects their lives and the lives of those around them. Getting your own human design chart is easy. All you need is your exact birth time, and you can go to freehumandesignchart.com to download your own copy. So let's get started. Okay, so today we have Jen. Jen is Kayla's older sister. Jen, how many years older are you from Kayla? I, oh, that's a loaded question. Um, okay. <laughs> we don't have to answer it. I'm sorry. Um, no, that's okay. 19. 19? Wow. Is it 19 or is it 20? I, think it's, I always say 20, but I think I was, you were born in I July. I was born in July. I was born in oh. September. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So you, I yeah. think you were 19. I was yeah. 19. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, because it's it's interesting because we've already had my other my two younger sisters or our two younger sisters yeah. <laughs> on the podcast, um, but because you were kind of more like an aunt to me, you know, like mm-hmm. it was a very different dynamic. You were kind of one of the older humans in my life from a very early age. Yes, I it was a different relationship because I never lived in the same house as you. Yes, that makes I moved- sense. I moved out a couple years before you were born, <laughs> so. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I did babysit you a lot. Yeah. I heard. <laughs> I heard about me uh, getting to go to the bar. As a, yeah. As a oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you spilled my drink all over the bar, too. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so on brand for me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I was just going to say, it's like, yeah, that sounds like Kayla. <laughs> oh, that's hysterical. Yeah. I think I, I was afraid to drink around you. I was actually responsible with you. I mean, yeah, and I believe that. It was that. just cranberry juice, but everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But we were just talking about how our mother uh, liked to say that I needed to get silver plated sippy cups at my wedding mm. because as a kid, I literally would just, I would spill half the drinks I was poured. <laughs> so I guess it started early. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you know I asked her one year for a painted uh, wine glass and she sent me a plastic one because she said, I would know you would break it if I got you to keep the regular glass. <laughs> so I guess we have that in common. <laughs> Uh, so, Jen, since you don't know a whole lot about human design, I know that Kayla sent you your chart. Mm-hmm. Do you have any questions on what human design is in general and, you know, what your human design is supposed to be telling you at this point? Uh, well, I was I had no idea what human design was until Kayla uh, started studying it. And then actually I didn't even take an interest in it until she said she was on a podcast because she was on somebody else's podcast. And I was like, okay, maybe I will see what this is all about. And honestly, I don't think I listened to the entire thing, but I, then I listened to your guys's podcast. I've listened to two episodes. I still don't understand it, but it, um, there's a lot of things that I can pull out of it that I'm like, Oh, Maybe that's me. <laughs> so, oh, that's great! I'm so glad um, that you've listened to our our podcast. That that makes me feel special. <laughs> um, I mean, as far as questions, I don't know yet. I'm very curious to see what mine says. <laughs> I mean, did I pick the correct correct career path? Am I doing okay in my relationship? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I am, but. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> I I love that as a place to start because what's so fun for me, and this happened on our last episode too, what's so fun for me is getting to see people who are living within their design and are living in alignment, mm-hmm. but didn't know how or why. And there are sometimes even moments where you could be living in alignment, but don't understand why, and then kind of create like a a, a guilt spiral kind of thing of like, well, why, why do I do this? Why am I doing this thing? Um, mm-hmm. So I'm excited to, to, to kind of dive into that with you. So without further ado, let's okay. dive in. Let's <laughs> Let's dive into your type, your authority. So human design, I'll just kind of give you a little mini overview just from this perspective. Human design Mm -hmm. is all about the energy you create versus the energy you absorb. So there are nine centers in human design that are all based on the chakra system, essentially. Do you know about the chakra system? I know of it. Perfect. That's all you need. Um, (laughs) So yeah, this chakra system, essentially, it's different energy centers that live in different parts of the body that create Mm -hmm. different kinds of energy. Um, So in human design, there are nine instead of the seven that are usually in the chakra system. Um, And each of those centers creates a different kind of energy frequency. So for instance, the emotional center is where emotions are created. 
Mm-hmm. So, and that energy is different than the energy of like the mind where thoughts are created. So when we're looking at the difference between these different kinds of energies, we can really start to identify the ways in which we actually communicate with others and with the world. So you can get an idea of the things that you were born to be involved in and the things mm-hmm. that you feel conditioned to that you're supposed to be doing because of the people you grew up around. So, yeah. Um, And this is actually going to be kind of cool because I also know our mother's design and I know that she is the main person who raised you. So I'm I'm curious how that's going to play into this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, me too. (laughs) Yeah. So the first thing, so for anyone who's listening who knows human design, I'm just going to describe Jen's chart real fast. Um, She is a splenic manifester which means that she is, her type is a manifester and her inner authority is splenic. That means it's with the spleen. Um, and the only, the only centers that she has defined are her throat, her spleen, and her root. So this is a really open manifester chart. So Jen, you are a manifester. Um, and essentially what that means is that you are someone who is here to create change and flow in the world the people who the five there are five different types in human design and manifestors make up only about eight to nine percent of the population the mass majority of the population are generators and those are people who are here to do the doing Uh, generators and manifesting generators make up 70 percent of the population and they have what's called a defined sacral center which gives them the ability to use consistent, sustainable energy all day long for the things that are important to them. Mm -hmm. As a manifester, you do not have a defined sacral center. So you don't have the kind of energy to accomplish large, like to accomplish tasks as a generator would. But you have what a manifesting generator has, which is a motor to your throat. And what that means is that your throat center is both defined and connected to one of the centers in the body that creates doing energy. So you literally have the ability to create things as you speak. Oh. Yes. Sounds like magic. (laughs) Literally. Literally. (laughs) Actually, the term abracadabra translates to I create as I speak. And so I love that. It it is. It's like magic. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) So the thing that's so cool about being a manifester is that since you don't have that defined sacral center, even though that means that you are likely going to be a person who needs some extra naps, who needs extra time to rest, um, (laughs) it also means that you are not beholden to the generator need to finish like to finish something start to finish you are someone who's able to step in set everyone in motion and then leave Mm -hmm. is that something that you feel like you have experienced do you feel that power in your voice yes (laughs) i it's weird because yeah my i it has taken me forever to find my career (laughs) and Yes, I have gone through a lot of different things and changes and different types of jobs, but the ones where I was 
in charge seem mm-hmm. to work out the best. Um, and now I'm working for myself. So there you I'm, go. I just show up, tell everybody what to do. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. And that is, that's but... so aligned for you. And mm-hmm. I, one of the things that is so, so in human design, there is this kind of like, uh, this joke that everyone is trying to be a manifester because the manifestors, you guys, are the ones who can create your own fate, essentially. You decide what it is that you want to do and you make it happen. And for those of us who do not, who are not manifestors, it can sometimes feel like we're, we're kind of stuck in our own waiting game because the strategy for a manifestor is to initiate and inform, whereas the strategy for every other type is some form of waiting, waiting to respond to something else, waiting to be invited in, waiting. There's one type that needs to wait a 28-day moon cycle before they can make any decisions. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Um, So as a manifester, you are able to – your strategy is literally just to know that you need to do something, initiate it, and then to tell the people around you that are important that it needs to happen. So have you found that when you initiate something, when you allow yourself to be the one who says, yep, we're going to do this, does that work better for you? Or do you find that you, uh, because I find that sometimes manifestors will feel like they're supposed to wait for someone else to tell them what to do and will then get caught in that anger of why am I waiting for people? So does that resonate with you? Oh, yeah. I mean... Okay, so there may be some other part of me that has a lot of trouble making decisions because that I feel like uh, works against me Mm. because everyone looks to me because nobody is making a decision and that drives me crazy and they're whatever you want, whatever you want. And I'm like, okay, fine, we're doing this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and it's usually, I mean, most of the time it's food, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like if nobody is making a decision, I have to make the decision. And I'm terrible. I feel like I'm terrible at making decisions. But when I do it, everybody does it. Yeah. And I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you know why. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, literally having that motor to your throat means that when you say something out loud, anyone who hears it is being sprung into action. There is something about your voice being connected to, for in your case, it's being connected to your root center, which functions in an energetic, kind of like a pulse. It's like a heartbeat. It'll like, uh, you'll get kind of like moments of, oh, ooh, we have to go do this thing now. This is important. Mm-hmm. Instead of like, it's not, uh, it's not a, a consistently sustainable thing. It's more of like an, oh, time to go. Time to go uh-huh. do that thing. Does that resonate with you? Is that kind of the way those things happen for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I can mostly uh, – when I'm teaching at work, I don't teach at work anymore, but when I did, it would be more like that. Like, um, I wouldn't be – I'd be like, okay, you do your thing, and then all of a sudden I'd be like, you didn't do this, or this is going to need to be done in about 30 seconds, or this, um, stuff yeah. like that. Like, Or I'd watch the person and see if they did it, 
And then I'd go, it would drive me crazy because they are still sitting there. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, um, this needs to be done right yeah. now. Yeah. But yeah, because my mind, I'll be somewhere else. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden I'll bring myself back. Or I have notes in my phone constantly. And I'll just be like, I got to write this down because yep. I can't forget it. And it, and I need to do it, but I can't do it right now. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. I get that and so much. Oh, yeah. my God. And I think uh, – so we – you actually both and we all have undefined mind and head centers. So that need, like that knowing that you need to write something down is uh-huh. because you don't have a – like there are some people who have like a spreadsheet in their minds. People with defined mind and head centers can just like – they hear something, they see something, they and they remember it, and they remember it. And that is – we are built as – almost like uh, vessels for Mm -hmm. universal intelligence to like come in, flow through. And most of the thoughts that we have on a regular basis come from somewhere else, come from someone else. We're absorbing Mm -hmm. a thought from somewhere else in the universe. So having that impetus to like, ooh, this is a good one, grab onto it and put it somewhere where you can go back to it, that's very aligned. Oh, okay. Good. I just thought I was getting old because I couldn't remember anything. No. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Isn't that? <laughs> I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> I know. Isn't that? Yeah. I feel like there are so many things like that where we kind of put ourselves in a in a hole and we're like, oh God, everything must be wrong with me because I can't insert blank here. And mm-hmm. one of those things is remember stuff. But yes. having an undefined mind and an undefined head you are not built to remember the stuff. You're built to see every angle of the things as they come into your mind from other people. That makes so much sense. Because I'll even hear somebody talking about something. You're like, oh, I got to do that. And I'll <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Or, yeah, just the other day, I'm like, what were we just talking about? I didn't write it down. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Or do you have like a really hard time recalling a name of a celebrity or something like if you're talking about a movie and it's like, oh, that guy from the movie. And I do. I have that problem. Like, oh, God, his name starts with a T and he has brown hair. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. That's how it it goes. You know what the best thing to do for that is? Get yourself in the room with someone who has a defined mind and knows a lot about movies. Oh, <laughs> oh it's so funny. I've because I've started to notice this because uh, so the big difference between defined and undefined centers is that a defined center is a place where you emit energy. So you are literally putting that energy out into your electromagnetic field. You bring it into the room with you everywhere that you go um, and the people around you can feel it. Whereas undefined centers are places where you absorb energy from other people from their electromagnetic fields. So Mm -hmm. for us with our undefined minds and heads, when we are next to someone or in communication with someone who has defined mind and head centers or even just a defined mind center, you can often read their mind especially if it's someone who you are very close to. And so this is something I've started to notice. Like when uh, my father, or I, do you call him your dad? Uh, stepdad. Okay. stepdad. Depends who I'm talking cool. to. You know? <laughs> <laughs> if nobody, if they don't know me, I say he's my dad. So Yeah. 
There you go. So dad, our dad, okay. dad, uh, <laughs> whenever he is like, oh, God, what is that person's name? What is that person's name? Sometimes even if it's someone who I don't know, I can like pull it out of his mind. I don't even like, really? I'll, I'll, it's just kind of like, because he has defined mind in head centers and there'll be a moment where I'll just kind of like be like, all right. If I just kind of like chill in this space, maybe I'll remember. And then I'll remember. And he's like, ah, yeah. But if he really oh, wow. doesn't know, I'm lost. Like, I I, I have no idea. <laughs> Ew, I'm going to have to try that out. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Is that something you've noticed that you, that you have the ability to do? Do you ever like hear other people's, not even hear other people's thoughts, but like know what someone's about to say or mm-hmm. feel like you understand what someone's saying, even if they're, you know, not really articulating? Oh, yeah. Especially with my family members, like well, my kids and and my husband, I definitely like me and my husband will say the same thing at the same time a lot. And I don't know, it's just because we're around each other all the time. Um, But yeah, that happens a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I'd be interested to see if you and your husband create a defined mind center. Because that's something that Sabrina and I create defined mind and head centers together. So oh. she and I will often have the same exact thought at the same time. And I don't know if you ever witnessed this, but there was a very long period of time where Sabrina and I started butting heads. It was right around when she became a full person because uh-huh. she's seven years younger than me. So for a long time, she was just a kid. Um, uh-huh. And once she kind of became like her own person, graduated from high school, that kind of thing, we would have the same idea at the same time. And honestly, this happened when we were kids too, but it was a different dynamic. And it would be a competition thing. And it would uh-huh. be like, no, I thought of that. Like, no, I thought of that first. And then when we discovered human design, it was like, oh, wait, wait, we're actually creating the idea at the same time together in the moment. Oh, wow. <laughs> so now when we're like editing together and we'll both see the same thing at the same time or hear the same thing at the same time, it's just like a, yep, on it already. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> It's very helpful. It makes the editing process like much quicker. So Kayla, I actually have a question for you. Um, I think, Jen, you're the first manifester on the podcast. I don't think we've had another manifester. Um, So Kayla, can you tell us a little bit more about the traits of a manifester and what differentiates a manifester from a manifesting generator like myself or a projector like you, Kayla? You know, what are some of the the differentiations that we can make? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the big things about manifestors that we hear about in a lot of places is that manifestors have this huge aura. There's this kind of like the minute a manifestor walks into a room, everybody knows that they are there. And yeah, it's one of those things where if you are, you know, if that there's a lot of power with being a manifester because you create the landscape, essentially. You create as you speak. And so when you walk into the space, whatever you have with you is coming into the space and everybody gets to be involved in it. So if you're in a great mood and you're having a great day, then you come into the space and everyone is like uplifted. Everyone is like, oh, okay, great. Let's all do great things. And <laughs> if if you are in a lower place and you're not 
you're feeling uh, in your not self, which so manifestors have uh, the, the self and the not self theme of a manifestor. The self theme is peace, meaning when you are feeling peaceful, when you are feeling tranquil, that is your highest space of being. And your not self theme is anger. Meaning that when you get stuck, when you get stopped in your creative flow, um, when someone really like keeps you from initiating and from moving forward, that mm-hmm. anger can come out. So if you've been in a situation where you feel and it sounded like you experienced that with you, with your students, with having to stop that creative flow, with knowing I have to go do that thing and not being able to do it, having to wait for them. That's one of those places where that anger can come up. And if you walk into a room with that energy, everyone can feel that as well. So there is a lot of power with being a manifester. Ah, I I guess a lot of, yeah, responsibility. Yes. Yes. Hey, if I can just create the mood of the room that and that would make my life a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please use your powers for good. Here. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. Get my magic wand. Um, <laughs> I, you know, everybody always tries to confide in me, and like those. Let me tell you, but you can't tell anybody. They always start with that, and I'm always like, "Don't worry, I will forget it as soon as I walked out of the room." Because I don't, I do, I can't, I don't spread rumors because I don't remember what people tell me. But everybody feels like they could tell me anything, like oh, a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's that's also that's also in your chart. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's oh, Kayla, tell us more. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, but so. Yeah, so being a manifester is the manifestors kind of have this like this responsibility to the earth because you are the people who are here to initiate all of us into the things that need to be done. And you are the ones who know what needs to be done. You know what's important. So the thing with a manifestor that we talk about from a more spiritual perspective is that manifestors, when you get into like your flow, when you get into your creative space and you know what you're doing and you feel good about it, that is when you are literally channeling divine. You are channeling this energy that no one can really place. And you know that you have a mission, which is why it is your strategy to initiate because you get that source energy hit and it's like, okay, now I have to go tell the people that it's time to move into this new energy, to create this new thing. Um, And for you specifically, I want to talk about this because you have two channels in your chart and both of them are collective logic channels, which means that your whole being is very focused on this concept of logic as it relates to humanity and understanding that things need to make sense, things need to be logical, things need to fall into place in a scientific way in order for humans to be able to continue to evolve. And I think that the career path that you are in, because you work in the medical field, is Uh exactly. You just just described like an exact conversation I had earlier today. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's weird. (laughs) So how does that resonate with you? Um, I 
always, I mean, I'm always trying to search out why we are here, where we're going, um, what happened, what, what is this thing being human? I mean, when, so when my kids complain, I, oh, my knee hurts, my hip hurts. I mean, I always say to them, that's because you're alive, you're a human and you're supposed to feel things. And that's my blanket answer for that. But um, <laughs> I yeah, love that. there was a movie and uh, not a movie. I'm watching this show and I was explaining it to somebody and someone else explained, said it's just a zombie movie or whatever. I'm like, no, it's it's more about the human condition. <laughs> I said, this is what humans do when they go down to their their primary form. This is survival of the fittest. And this is, and honestly, like the whole evolution, that's what brought me into biology. It's learning about evolution, Darwin, all everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. I mean, the, I started as a, well, you know, I, I work, I started working out and that's what got me in, like, when I was 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just learned everything I possibly could about the human body. And um, that's how I didn't even go to college for two years after high school. And I was just working at a gym, becoming certified. And I was learning all about human body and then I got a little more spiritual and there's there was a couple books I was reading about like um this guy that hypnotizes people from past lives and so I try to learn about past lives and and that kind of stuff and so yeah (laughs) I'm very it does resonate with me quite a bit and it's hard because you can't talk to some people about because they're very concrete and this is how things are Mm-hmm. And I've always been like, there's so many ways for things to happen. Yeah. I like I like like with religion. I I accept religion, and a lot of people have different religions. But I just like learning about. Yeah. I have. I feel like I have my own spirituality because I'm trying, and I try to define that every day. I don't mm-hmm. just do one thing, and I tried yeah. to raise my kids that way. So, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah. No, that's amazing. And that, so something that is very cool for you and also possibly a little confusing for you is that because you're a manifester with only three defined centers, there's a lot of you that absorbs energy from others and that can kind of organize the energy of others and take things in in a way that other people can't understand them. So when you are kind of seeing every aspect of a human condition, part of that is that you have an undefined sacral center. And the sacral center is where that human condition is living. It's where that like you know, wake up and do things and and mm-hmm. reproduction and, you know, the creation of the species and the continuation, you have an undefined sacral center. So you can feel into where all of that sacral energy is going. You can kind of understand the essence of evolution without having to say, without even having to be explained it. It just makes mm-hmm. sense to you. And yeah. so when you put that into play with the fact that you, so the logic circuit in human design um i was just reading about it goes through like the scientific method so it starts in the head with a hypothesis and then moves into the throat with like theories and then the first channel that you have connects the throat to the spleen which is intuitive which is this it's actually called the channel of talent 
And it's about this like having that raw talent and having having the ability to just to to do things well. Like you understand what it means to have the talent necessary to accomplish. And then the other one that you have is improvement or judgment. It's the next step of that of the scientific method. It's discernment, looking at the thing and saying, okay, what is what isn't working here? What is working here? And how can we hone it down? So those are the two parts of the scientific method that are such a huge thing for you. And it sounds like you're describing exactly that. You are someone who comes in and understands all of the all of like the the talent based kind of the things that humans do in order to accomplish things and you uh-huh. can see the way that we need to change those things in order to move forward in order to move into that next level of evolution uh-huh. is that something that resonates yes because i i mean so as far i i hate to go back to religion not that i said much about religion but do it um, because I'm not religious and nobody in our family is, I still have to explain religion to my kids because it's all around them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All, the whole world, there's many different religions, but it, it's all, and I try to explain it as people needed something to believe in. They need a reason to be here. They need a list of rules. They need morals and values and I, and if they have a higher power to answer to, they're more likely to do these lists of rules and live by this. Otherwise, it goes back to people are animals. (laughs) And I mean, Mm -hmm. so if you want to live in a society, we're going to need to go by these rules. And if you have a religion for people to follow, something that they fear or something that they believe in, then they will. But other people, like I try to tell them, I I have two kids that will question it. And yeah. I say, you question it, you, you, <laughs> the other one, she just goes her own beat. But <laughs> <Love it. laughs> I was like, good, you need to question it. You need to question everything. I said, you cannot believe somebody just telling you something. Actually, I tried to tell dad that. <laughs> he does not believe me. <laughs> and I don't know. Oh. oh that's so funny oh, I, I keep thinking about wanting to get him on here he asked he asked to come on i think oh, he should come on because he should. yes we've actually talked about human design and spirituality together and he's mm-hmm. he's on a bit of a spiritual journey himself right now so that's cool yeah oh, that's so uh, interesting yeah it's i mean yeah like i said i have like my youngest Oh my God. Yeah. He's like a mini me inside. And <laughs> yeah, he asks a ton of questions. And he asks, he, now my husband drives him to school in the morning. So that's their time to, their bonding time. And my husband actually went to a religious school, a high school, uh, Christian high school. And so really? he knows all about the Bible and everything. So he asks him questions and he tells him the story is in there. And then he'll come back to me and ask me my perspective. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's good that and he does take everything uh like he does think about everything and try to think of it a di- in a different way like not just take it with a like take it as somebody said it yeah he tries to yeah uh, extrapolate out of it what he should believe <laughs> yeah 
I wonder yeah. if that's part of the the manifester that you bring to the room of like, hey, you need to question everything. And so now he has been given permission to question everything. And mm-hmm. that's just how you have influenced his thinking in in topics of religion and other topics as well, I'm sure. Um, I'm, I'm curious if that has anything to do with it. Yeah, I was actually just going to say it sounds like because – one of the things that happens with being a manifester and having a motor to your throat in general is that there is great responsibility with the words that come out of your mouth. And Mm. a lot of times uh, a manifester can struggle with the words that they say because you know that whatever you say is going to affect the people around you very profoundly. And so I think it's so aligned that you figured out exactly how to empower your children to make their own decisions, like to Mm. not listen to you for the be all end all because you have that power too. And I have met, I have met manifestors who will treat their children like soldiers, essentially. And it's this moment of like, you know, well, we need to do this thing. So go, go. This is how you believe. This is what you do. Go, go do the things. And like that kind of power trip is, I feel like a very imbalanced manifestor dynamic. And Mm. I think that's when we see things like, you know, people coming into power who have way too much power. I think a lot of times that kind of situation comes from an imbalanced manifestor or maybe even manifesting generator, but manifestor in general, um, that is not acting in their highest vibration. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone like yourself, like you're describing, you are being mindful with the way that you if affect the people around you. And that is exactly what we need all of the manifestors in the world to do. Because mm-hmm. you do set the tone. You set the tone for where we're going. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, right? So Jen, do you have any other questions about where what you want to learn about your human design for Kayla now that you've got sort of a general overview of what your design looks like? Is there anything more specific that you want to ask? Um, I made a lot of mistakes in my life, but it's like I had to do it myself. I didn't listen to anybody else. And like I said, I went through several careers to get where I am now. Um, had several bad relationships. Oh yeah, the whole, the whole I pick <laughs> the worst people. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I feel like I've watched a few of these. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I did the same thing. <laughs> um, and I don't know if it's just because I can. I feel like I can create a situation out of something that it really can't be created out of. Um, just because they present it as such. So, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, so a couple things here. One, as a manifester, you are on a solo journey. So, mm-hmm. because you are one of those people who is creating as you speak, you are creating what we are stepping into. It's a very big job. Um, you are also on your own path. And you need to do things your own way. And anyone who tries to tell you what to do is probably going to become public enemy number one. Because Mom. you Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. 
and you know nice. it's funny because she is she's a projector and she has a ton of defined centers so you were probably absorbing a lot of energy from her and she is someone who constantly needs to wait for other people to invite her into things so she didn't understand what it meant to have a child who had to do everything by themselves who had to figure out everything on their own she wants to be able to say here let me help you with that that's she, the and projector. she's very much like that mm-hmm. that's, I, yeah i see her, i see her doing i saw her doing that with the three of you my yeah. whole life and, yeah. and I was just like what are you doing because no. <laughs> I don't do that with my yeah. kids I'm like you want your laundry done there's the washing machine <laughs> yeah exactly and I think so that's this is one of those opportunities where when we look at human design from a perspective of parenting mm-hmm. when you know the human design of your children it can make it so much easier to understand why they are the way that they are I have three um, more charts for you to do. Love it. <laughs> love it. We'll come back. I'm so I'm so down. <laughs> I actually think Brittany is on our list. So oh. yeah, that could be fun. I can't um, wait. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that and also you are a single definition. So all of your defined centers are connected to each other. So you don't this is going to this may or may not uh may, make you feel a certain way. You don't need anybody else in order to thrive. (laughs) You can do it all on your own. And while it is very nice for you to connect with other humans and to be involved with other people, Mm -hmm. being sovereign in yourself and being able to make your own decisions and to take care of yourself and to feel the power of being able to take care of yourself is very important for you. Mm -hmm. And so... I think that a lot of what you, you know, are discussing with having been through a lot of failed relationships, been through a lot of people who made you feel not so great, um, comes from having all of these undefined centers and very much seeing their potential, thinking that you could fix it, maybe, Mm -hmm. Um, but also that you are on your own path. And it's a really difficult thing sometimes to be someone who thinks especially as a woman, who thinks that you are supposed to be in a specific, in a relationship in a certain way, like as someone who, you know, listens and does what they're told, as someone who cares about the family above all else, as someone who puts their partner before them. When you're designed to be the one who leads the charge, you're designed to be the alpha. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that is maybe one of the things that got in the way is that you were trying to go against your true nature by falling into the societal understanding of how a woman is supposed Mm. to be in relationship. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially, no, my first two marriages. Yeah. Well, my first, my first one, it was more, I'm supposed to be getting married and having kids. And this is a fine person to do that with. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and that's all it was is a it was just boring. And it was yes. He was he was a good husband and a good father, but lovely. All that those was things. It. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The, the other one kept trying to change me, hold me mm. down, change me. Mm. Um wouldn't do anything I suggested. So then, yeah, I just ended up going to get my master's degree and doing my own thing and leaving. Yep. And yeah. 
Yeah, that's the best way to push a manifester away. <laughs> is to try to get them to do what you want to do. Is to try to like keep like try to change them. Trying to mm. change a manifester is like best way to shove them out of your life. If anyone mm. out there is trying to shove a manifester out of your life, <laughs> great way to do it. Oh yeah. Um, Tell them what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because this husband, um, I always say to him, I'm like, I think you read a book on how to date me because nobody else has been able to do this because I push everyone away. I mean, and it got into a point in our relationship when my first, the first year we were together, I was about at that point where I was like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> um, and I, yep. and, and then he, I don't know what he did. I think it just gave me my space, but stayed close enough that I didn't lose interest. And he was still there and he was being helpful and reaching out to me, but not being pushy. And yeah, it was, yes. and it took, and I, I don't know, I knew it was real love because it took 10 months to get there. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm in love with this person after yeah. a week. It, 10 mm -hmm. months, I, I was like, oh, okay, I really need to be with this person. I mean, like, want to be with this person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that's such a huge thing because manifestors need your time alone. Mm -hmm. Being able to be alone and to – so any non-sacral being needs alone time in order to get the energy of other people out of your body in order to be able to understand where you are and who you are and what you need to do. But manifestors specifically, because you have so much responsibility, because you are the people who usher us into the next phase of humanity, you really need that alone time in order to be able to hear what you need to do. That makes in order to be able so to much connect. sense. I really wish I knew this 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, Better late than like never. <laughs> my middle child, yeah, my middle child that doesn't have a clue what she's doing in life. I'm just telling her what to do and she's doing everything I'm telling her to do. And I'm like, if you do this, you'll be where I am now and be able to retire at 50. You'll be and I go, I've already carved the path for you. Here you go. Here it is. <laughs> so I want to talk to you a little bit about your authority. So your authority is the way that you make decisions. And I think it's so interesting that earlier you were talking about not liking making decisions, feeling like mm -hmm. it's hard for you to make decisions. Um, because the way that you make decisions is with your spleen. Oh. You are a splenic manifester. So essentially what that means is that your intuition, your deep inner knowing is the way that you make decisions. And that kind of knowing happens in an instant. The okay. moment that somebody says something to you, you already know the answer. It's this space of all of like deep inner knowing. And a lot of times it's really, really difficult to hear it especially if you have a lot of undefined centers like you do and you're being bombarded with everybody else's energy. So if, for instance, you're around someone and we don't know the charts of your family, but we will look into them at some point. Uh, <laughs> if you're around someone who has like a defined emotional center, so your emotions are undefined, but half the population uses their emotions to make decisions. And mm. someone who uses their emotions to make decisions does a lot of waffling 
I am an emotional. Actually, both of us are. Both Megan and I are emotionals. Mm-hmm. Um, emotional authorities. And what that means is we need time to process and we need to be able to like kind of go through the motions of a decision emotionally before we can make that decision. So we need at least a day to make a decision. And a lot of times people who have defined emotional centers, they are the ones who are the most difficult when it comes to picking a restaurant because it's like, well, do I feel like this or do I feel like that? Or do I feel like this? (laughs) It's a very like, we're kind of caught in the emotional journey of what food we want to eat. So yep. if you are absorbing that energy from someone and you're un- you're feeling into the fact that somebody else is having a lot of trouble making a decision, mm-hmm. that sa- that can kind of blur your own ability to hear what you know to be true. Okay. So does that resonate with you? And can you think of any time when you feel like you did go with that immediate like you knew what you needed to go do, and it worked out well for you? Um, with most things besides food. <laughs> no. Um, well, and, yeah, I mean, my husband always says, I don't care whatever you want, like, with regards to ordering food. But And then I'm always like, I don't know what I want. Do I know what I want? Sometimes I know exactly what I want, but yeah. other times I – I mean, that's a minor thing. I mean, I think picking out food is a minor thing, but – I guess when it comes to major decisions, yeah, I usually know exactly we should do this. But I won't say what I think until I hear everybody else's opinion. Mm. And, so, and then I'm just like, and then I'm honestly, I've never changed my mind after hearing yeah. everybody else's opinion because I'm like, uh, no, that's <laughs> not what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because that that is one of those things as well, where when you know what needs to happen and your authority has spoken and your inner knowing is like, yep, this is what we need to do. Like, especially when I talk to mom, yeah, <laughs> I will give her like everything, the situation, I'm trying to make a decision. These are my pros and cons, blah, blah, blah. And she'll say something. I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> um, and if it was, if it, if it's what I was thinking, then I'm like, ah, you're right. Yeah. And if it wasn't what I was thinking, um, okay, I'll think about that. I'll get back yeah. to you. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I do that to a lot of people. <laughs> that's, you know, that's actually a big manifester thing too. Something that happens, one of the things I suggest to people who have motors to their throats in general, because when you have a defined throat, you need to be able to talk and you need to be able to talk things out. You need to be able to get them out into the world often just so you can hear them so that you can Mm, make a decision for yourself. Um, And most often, you're not actually asking for advice from anybody. And especially as a manifester, you're probably never actually asking for advice. You just need to hear yourself out loud. You need to hear the things happening. Oh, my God. That's so true. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Right? But what's difficult is that because you have a motor to your throat, when you say things out loud, people jump too. So like if you are just complaining about something – it might trigger someone to try to fix it, give you advice, tell you how to, how to change your life when all you wanted was to say it out loud. And so finding a safe space where you can just kind of talk, 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 kind of the way that you do with our mother is very important. <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> 
Well, you, you just told me. Oh. Yeah. And you talk to her all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Only on my days off. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, it's that, that, yeah, that's exactly. I need sometimes, and I've actually, my husband's good about that now, but it, I said, I just, either I just need to vent or I'm talk. Oh, and this talk text thing is horrible for me because, (laughs) or the voice record, I will go on and on and on and on. And I was like, I'm sorry. I am just working this out as I am saying it to you. (laughs) And okay. And then this is what it actually means. (laughs) So Yeah. Well, I'm not crazy. No, No, you are not crazy at (laughs) all. And that could be a really, really great way for you to hear your inner knowing because Mm -hmm. it is directly connected to your throat. And so using that throat energy to be able to to make decisions, I think could be super helpful for you. So even for stupid things like what do I want to eat? If you start talking about it out loud, you might figure it out a lot faster. I think I'm going to try that. (laughs) So I say everything. Sometimes I feel like I'm talking way too much. Like if we're in a car driving somewhere, I feel like I'll talk the entire time and then I'll fall asleep. And Oh my God. You just described like life of manifester. (laughs) Talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Take a nap. Wake up. Change the world. Talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Take a nap. <laughs> love it. I love my naps. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think it can be really difficult for a manifester because it is so important for you to talk. It's so important for you to be able to hear yourself out loud and mm-hmm. for you to be able to work things out. Um, so one of the things that I will use to kind of test whether I'm talking too much, because I, I am not a manifester, but I am a projector with, I have six gates coming out of a defined throat. And so I talk a lot and I have a lot of like needing to just hear myself out loud and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But I find that when, if you're like paying attention, a lot of times your throat will literally tell you if you've been like, if you need to stop talking or if Mm -hmm. you are saying too much or if they're, you know, if you've already figured it out and you don't need to talk anymore or whatever it is, you'll kind of get like, you'll start getting hoarse or you'll, you know, get like this little like, kind of like in in your throat. Is that something you've ever experienced or is that just me? That that could be a me (laughs) thing. (laughs) Well, yeah, I just thought it was because I was talking too much. I'm getting hoarse now. But a lot yeah. of times that's because, you know, maybe it's time for you to stop. Maybe you don't need to say what you're saying right now. Mm. I I will I've found this so often and it's so fascinating to me. My throat will hurt or will get hoarse at moments when it doesn't make sense. At moments when, you know, it's not like I've been talking for an hour. Mm-hmm. It's like an energetic almost like, "Nope, you're not supposed to be talking right now." And then sometimes I can go and go and go and go for hours and I just don't and I it does I don't need to stop because I that's not what's happening here. Mm-hmm. So mm. listening to your body's cues especially with a defined spleen because the spleen is where all the senses live. So your senses like your actual tactile taste smell senses are what help you make decisions. So listening to that part of yourself, that very like primal, innate survival instinct, Mm -hmm. that's what's going to push you into what you need to do next. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I notice like if I'm talking, if there's a bunch of people in a room talking and then I come in and I start talking um, and I'll just be talking to maybe one person, then it becomes two people. And then all of a sudden I'll look up and I'll be like, everybody is listening to me. And, but then I feel like I should stop. <laughs> because... so, yes. Oh my God. Okay. I literally just had, I just heard this conversation on another human design podcast. And what's so cool is that when you are talking and when you are attracting that audience and when there are all of those people listening to you, what's happening in that moment is that profound, you are initiating all of those mm -hmm. people and they are literally drawn to your aura and to your voice because they need something to respond to. So what we were talking about earlier with every other type besides manifestors needing to wait to respond to things, needing to wait for an invitation, the thing that we are all waiting for is for a manifester to tell us what we need to do next. <laughs> there, Because as a manifester, you are connected to that divine energy. So you are coming in and seeing, okay, this is how we can change the world. This is how we're mm -hmm. going to do it. And so when you get on those, those, when you're on your soapbox and you're talking or when you're on a roll and you're getting a bunch of things out, the reason people are listening is because you're inspiring them. It's not just because they think they need to listen to you because you're talking. It's because you are inspiring them and you are setting them into motion. And that's what we're all looking for. And okay. so the best thing that you can do is to listen to your own intuition telling you what it is that you need to say to your audience because clearly you attract an audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Jen, what, um, since we're running out of time and we should wrap it up now, now that you have a little bit better understanding of your design, what do you feel like you can take away from this and put into your everyday life, knowing a little bit more about yourself or just being affirmed a little bit more about who you are? Um, there's a lot <laughs> that, I mean, now I can... I just try to try to listen to myself rather than just constantly talking and projecting it. Try to listen to uh, what exactly I'm saying. Maybe I or and then try and I, I want to try this reading people's minds thing. <laughs> yeah. Or just maybe, you know, and a lot of times I feel like maybe I should listen more instead of because sometimes I'll talk over people and I'm like, okay. Some, and then I'll stop my recently I've just I stopped myself I'm like okay let me let these people talk because they it makes them feel better when they get it all out yes <laughs> and yeah so I'm like maybe I, I pay attention to other things like that and then and maybe I'll be able to make more decisions if I'm try to listen more inside and rather than try and gather everybody else's information Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's such a huge thing with your design. You don't need anybody else's opinion. And the thing that – the reason you probably feel that way is because, one, you're conditioned as a woman in this society to think that you don't know how to make decisions. <laughs> We've all been dealing with it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> – you have 
you have an undefined identity center. Uh, it's the self-center. And mm -hmm. so what that means is that, and you may have noticed this, that when you're in groups of people, you tend to mirror the personalities oh of the people I've, around you. I have said that exact words. Like I do. I mirror people around. I've mirrored yeah. people in relationships. Yep. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And that's, it's so hard because with that undefined center, you're literally absorbing their sense of self and you understand what they need to feel loved and what they need to feel like they belong. So it can be really easy to then accidentally identify with that energy yourself. And if you're absorbing somebody else's sense of self and then trying to identify with it as yourself, then it can feel like it's really important for you to get everybody else's opinions and make sure that you're feeling everybody else's needs and wants when yours is the only one that matters. Mm -hmm. The things that you know and the things that you feel is the only thing that matters for you. And, you know, when it comes to other people in your life and your family and your, you know, your children and in your husband, they also need to make their own decisions. It's important for all of us to make our own decisions. But as a manifester, I think that's something that you appreciate more so than mm -hmm. those of us who and people who there there are a lot of people in human design who don't have a single definition, meaning that their centers are not connected to each other. Um, so sometimes it, they can feel not like unwhole. Like I'm someone mm -hmm. who feel I feel like I'm I have two different personalities until I'm with someone who connects my centers and then there's just a part of me that's like ah oh, I'm home now <laughs> um and so when you're dealing with that kind of feeling it can be much easier to try to like make other people's decisions because you feel so very like intertwined with the other person but mm -hmm. in your position I feel like it you know and t correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like it makes more sense to you to understand that other people need to make their own decisions and you're allowed to give yourself that same grace you get to make your own decisions for your body and mm -hmm. you need to it's important for you yeah mm. yeah definitely yeah so yeah I'm just being more aware of why I do things it, I think is going to help in situations, making decisions about jobs and money and family and life and stuff like that. Ah, <laughs> uh, I love that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yay. You know what? I think it would be really cool for us to uh, look at the other designs in your family and maybe uh, talk about bringing like talking through that kind of thing um, or even bringing somebody else in your family on the podcast, something of of those those things that that idea okay that sounds good maybe after you do Britney's then we can <laughs> figure something mm. out with that Ooh. <laughs> oh yes I love that I love that <laughs> let's let's uh get Britney on and then we can we can talk about getting the two of you on together oh that um, sounds great yeah yeah, one of my favorite things is to come back later and find out how you've been using the information you learned about your design in your life. Uh, okay. It's like, I love it. <laughs> like, <laughs> is your experience, we call it an experiment. We call it the uh -huh. human design experiment because it really is. It's an experiment. Um, I, this whole modality in relation to like, there are lots of personality tests. There are lots of, you know, astrology, all of these other things as well, uh -huh. where it tells you who you are. Human design, instead of telling you who you are, gives you a strategy and a blueprint for how you can be, for the things mm -hmm. that might occur in your world. And so it's 
all an experiment. And I love just kind of being able to like, oh, wow, look at that thing. That happened. That's real. Wow. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely eye opening. I especially even if I was listening to other people's when you were reading other people's it and I'm like, oh, I do that. (laughs) So that's so cool. Uh, it's good to hear that like someone listening to the podcast is also resonating with the other people in the podcast because <laughs> mm-hmm. that I think has one of, been one of the things that I've been most worried about is that talking to individuals about their individual lives would not resonate with other individuals. So that's great mm. to hear. <laughs> it does. I mean, because that's why I asked you and be- I was like, I said, I know I have an undivined emotional center because yeah. I absorb everyone's emotions around me. Yeah. Always. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's actually something we didn't touch on much in this episode. But yeah, the oh, absorption yeah. of emotion, because with an undefined emotional center, you can feel exactly how other people are feeling. But again, mm. it's that sense of identifying with that emotion. And especially because uh, with your with that motor to your throat, when you get angry, it can be catastrophic like it can be huge and so if you're Mm. absorbing someone's emotion and they're not okay and they're not dealing with emotion or if they're repressing something or if they're really upset then you might absorb that and amplify it and Mm. then it comes out and suddenly you're extremely angry and you don't even know why half the time it's like how did I even get here Uh, that's happened yes Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and honestly, when I get like that or I get mad or depressed or I, I just go to sleep because it's the only way that I can just get it out of my mind. I love that. That's, that's <laughs> not perfect. a bad tactic. Yeah. yeah. What, a, what a great way. It's better to... than like drinking. I don't know. <laughs> I love that. I think it's great because that lets you kind of cut off your energy. Like it gives you the opportunity to cut off because you're absorbing everyone's energy all the time. You have so many undefined centers and things build up in there. Mm -hmm. And so if you are dealing with absorbing everyone's energy all the time, it's like how on earth can you, how on earth can you feel at peace? Going to sleep is a great way to just shove everyone else's energy out, especially if you're in a room by yourself sleeping and there's Mm -hmm. nobody else there. That, yeah. that bubble, that bubble of being alone, <laughs> big help, big help. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, or the, okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, I was just going to say the, the gym working out oh, and I yes. can't work out without headphones on because yes. I need to drown everyone out. Yes. That's why I've been going since, I mean, I was 14 and I have not stopped ever and oh. it's, it's my happy place. I love that. Yes. I find that people who have a lot of undefined centers really do well with movement. Marley also has a lot of undefined centers. So does PJ. And it's really great. And Erica as well, our our friend who we talked about on a couple podcasts ago, um, she also has a ton of undefined centers. And all people who really love to move because when you're uh-huh. moving you're not absorbing you're moving from one energy space to another when you're moving your body uh-huh. you're kind of like expelling all of the stuff that's stuck mm-hmm. and so you don't have to deal with the energy of the other people around you true and yeah. if there's too many people around me i'll, I'll leave yeah yeah <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, I love this. And I can't wait to hear how how these things kind of settle in your life. I love that we got to do this because I, I, I haven't gotten to really connect with you in this kind of way in a while. So I'm so thank you so much for coming on and for being so open and present with us today. Oh, it was it was great. It's my pleasure. And yes, I'm so glad I got to spend time with you because I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right. Well, Jen, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and sharing your design with us. <laughs> thank you for having me. This has been very informative and good. I hopefully oh, good. I'll be able to use it in my life. <laughs> If you like what you heard on this podcast, follow us on Instagram at Human Design in Real Time to keep up with our next episodes. And if you want to learn more about your own human design, I'd love to help you on your journey. You can head to my website, kayla-care.com, to book an introductory human design session, where we'll dive into the person you were born to be. That's k-a-y-l-a-c-a-r-e.com. We're always looking for awesome humans to be guests on the podcast. So if you'd like to be interviewed, send us an email at humandesigninrealtime at gmail.com. This podcast is brought to you by Kayla Care. A big thank you to our amazing producer, sound mixer, designer, and editor, Sabrina Mason. Thank you to the composers of our theme song, Niall Spaulding and Sabrina Mason. Thank you to today's guests for being open and present with us. And thanks to you, our listeners, for supporting this podcast. Keep discovering your human, human design, design in real time.